Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, Sports to the Max, News Talk 830 WCCO. Joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. He has not been on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline before, and he has a Hall of Fame career. And, and Burt Blylevin, this is your first time stepping up on that hotline, am I correct? It's an honor. It's yep. an honor, Mike, believe me. <laughs> uh, listen, did I hear that young lady say that the temperature is going to get up to 68? We're not kidding. Oh, my goodness, yeah. it's opening day. Let's opening go. Opening day, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Did, did you like pitching? That's you awesome. know, a lot of pitchers like pitching in cold weather. Did you? I didn't mind it. You know, I mean, a lot of the hitters didn't want to hit in cold exactly. weather. Exactly. So it's kind of to our advantage if you could pitch them hard inside and make them, you know, make them uh, feel, feel that little, uh, little vibration. But, uh, no, I, I didn't mind it. I pitched at the old Met. You know, I mean, Calvin would have us pitch if it was snowing outside. He didn't care. <laughs> he wanted the attendance. And nine innings was the, was the, was the norm. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a different game, Mikey. It's a different game. Now, now did you, were you the opening day starter in Pittsburgh? Uh, yes, I was. Uh, I think one year. Who else? Was, was Candelaria on that staff or not uh, yet? Yeah, John Candelaria. We had a great staff. Jim Rooker, uh, oh. Bruce Keeson. Uh, Don Robinson, uh, yeah, we had, we had a very good pitching staff. I remember the Candyman ended up with the uh, Twins for a, a short stint, you know, at the end of his career. Yes, he did. But in yes, his in his prime, he was something, wasn't he? Oh, he was nasty. He, you know, he kind of threw like Chris Sale and maybe a little bit of Randy Johnson. You know, big, tall, left-hander. I mean, Candy was six seven. You know, he'd throw from the side. He was uh, that nasty slider. He was tough. Yeah. I was asking this question today to, to Jim Cott uh, because he, he was with him in Cincinnati. I think he was a coach at the time. But uh, I had watched a documentary recently of, of Dave Parker. And uh, Dave's yeah. got some health issues that he's fighting right now, etc. How good was Dave Parker in his prime? Well, I'll tell you what. I know he's uh, battling cancer. I mean, excuse me, uh, uh, Parkinson's like yeah. my dad did for 20-some years. Yeah. and. You know, my heart goes out to Dave, but what a strong individual that uh, Dave was. I had the opportunity and the honor of playing with him for three years with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and 
a guy that has Hall of Fame numbers, and hopefully one day his name will be called, you know, before, uh, before hopefully not too long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he 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 did the work, and uh, uh, boy, back in the day, he was he was something. I think he had four. over twenty seven hundred hits too. Did he, he hit that many? Yeah, I believe Ooh. so. If you look it up, yeah, he, with power, had a great arm out in right field, great defensive player, uh, and a leader. Really, him and Willie Starger were the leaders of the ball club when we won the World Series in 79. We are family, absolutely. Burt Blylevin is our guest. Before we get to the Twins this year, Major League Baseball, um, when Jim Cott and Tony Oliva go into the Hall of Fame, when I was having this conversation with somebody else before, what is it that they will feel that you didn't anticipate when you get out there and they they put your bronze statue up there? I think, you know, the biggest thing, Mike, is that you realize that you are in a very elite fraternity that not too many players get the opportunity to be part of. You know, Tony Oliva, long overdue. Jim Cott to me, long overdue as Minnie Minoso was and Gil Hodges and, you know, Buck O'Neill. Uh, you know, David Ortiz going in and then also Bud Fowler, uh, who was actually the black, first black player to play with an all-white team back in, like, 1878. Mm-hmm. You know, so baseball's done a good job of recognizing, I think, uh, you know, the African-American and, and what they've uh, done over the years yeah. for contributions toward Major League Baseball in, yeah. in the future. Yeah, for sure. Now, now the Twins are in this, uh, you know, everybody's in this frenzy right now where they're trying to figure out how to get their roster together. I'm looking at the, the construction of the roster, and, and Bert, it, it, I know you can go get a Sonny Gray, and I, and I get that, but it sure looks short on starting pitching right now. How does it look to you? Well, you know what, I've had the opportunity, today was my first day uh, working with Wes Johnson and Okay, the pitching staff, uh, you know, and I got to watch uh, Joe Ryan pitch today on yep. the side. Very impressive. Were you? Young man uh, has a good idea of what he's doing out there. Uh, Sonny Gray, I've not really watched him, but over the years I have. Uh, the man can pitch. I, I think the biggest thing is Ober is also going to be, I think, a big part of that starting rotation. So it's just going to come down to a short period of time, only maybe three weeks for these guys to so hopefully pitch, you know, five, six innings to get ready for opening day. Uh, you know, talking to Joe Ryan today, I said, uh, you know, we expect a lot out of you. You know that, young man. And he said, yes, sir. yes, sir. And uh, he's a good young man, and hopefully he can stay healthy. That's a big key. Now, now when you get a chance to be with a Joe Ryan, and, and obviously short in spring training, what's the best piece of advice that, that you can give a kid like that as you watch him? You go, okay, he's got the stuff. What, what does Bird offer him? Offer control of the fastball, Mike. Yeah. You know, everything keys off the fastball. No matter if, you know, I'm working with also some, you know, Wes Johnson lets me work with some kids down in AAA, and it's all off the fastball. You can have a good breaking ball, say like my curveball, but you got to be able to get ahead with a fastball. Get strike one. If you miss, get back to one and one. Try to keep the pitch count down so you can get into the seventh, eighth, ninth inning at times if, you know, I don't like that hundred pitch count, and never will. Never, you know, just don't like that. Yeah. But uh, when you see young kids like Joe Ryan that has the the explosive type path fastball, he shows very good control at an early time in spring training. So I'm looking forward to uh, watching him pitch throughout the year. Bert Blylevin, I guess. Bert, did you start with the curve very often, or was it all based on scouting reports and the hitter? 
Uh, I don't, we didn't have the scouting reports they had back then. You kind of read off, you know, what the game situation was. You know, if you got a six, nothing lead, you're going to pitch completely different if it's a nothing, nothing ball game, Mike. So, you know, you just have to take each inning at a time, each hitter at a time, and hopefully get that first leading lady, as they say, out. So you can, you know, hopefully have a quick inning. Now, now the Twins have uh, backed up, you know, they've got some bullpen people, and, and Rogers was hurt some last year, et cetera, et cetera. Do you put a premium right now on a great bullpen, and do you see the Twins have some pieces there? I think you have to, uh, because in today's game, you know, a starter uh, in today's game, if you give me six good innings, you're going to turn it over to three innings to a Duffy and hopefully Tyler, you know, uh, uh, you know, t- uh, Rogers, Rogers yeah. can can close it off. Taylor, Taylor Rogers, not his brother, but uh, his no, brother. brother's pretty good that, too. Take him too if he wants yes, to come over. Yes, he, <laughs> yeah, he only had what thirty some saves last year for the Giants. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, it's a different game today. Uh, so you just have to hope that your starters get deep enough to where you know you get the right guys in the right situation, depending on who you're playing. And just, again, the scoreboard has a lot to uh, dictate. Uh, exactly what you're trying to accomplish at the end of the game, and hopefully it's a Twins victory. You know, Sanchez, they signed or they trade for from uh, the New York Yankees. You saw him catch a lot. Uh, obviously, he's got some pop in his bat, etc. But uh, give me an assessment of him as a catcher and a total player. What would they get here? I, I, you know, I watched him today, and you know, they're really working with him as far as you know, setting up, uh, trying to get a good glove for that pitcher that. You know, as a pitcher, you try to throw the ball through the glove. And I think, you know, he actually caught Joe Ryan in the bullpen today. I was watching. He did a good job of handling him. So it's just, uh, you know, just basically trusting what you're doing back there, that you can keep the ball in front of you and, and, you know, frame that ball nicely to give that home plate umpire a good look at uh, that pitch, whether it be a little bit off the corner or on the corner. What did Burt Blylevin try to get out of spring training? What was the most important thing that you got out of it? Control of my fastball. That's that, it. That huh? was it. I wasn't worried about my curveball, uh, arm strength. I ran a lot. I, I, I've already talked to a lot of the kids about conditioning. Uh, that that was a big part in me. I always looked at my lower part of my body was my foundation. My arm was nothing more than a whip, and uh, it's just a matter of just realizing that your foundation needs to get you deep into the ballgame for the starters, for the Twins. You have to run. You have to get conditioned to the you know, best of your ability to be the best shape of your life to be able to compete at such a high level. You know, to pitch 200 innings in today's game, it's like, my goodness, that's, that's the kind of the – you know, where do you want to be? I mean, yeah. if we didn't have two hundred innings by August, we we're going to have a bad year. Yeah. So the game has changed that way, Mike. Now, now as I, as I uh, have looked at, I, I guess I've probably got the baseball cards to back this up, but did you not have a time in spring training when the rotation, when you were young, where it was you, Jim Cott, Jim Perry, and Louis Tiant? And maybe uh, Dave Boswell, what? too? Uh, well, when I got called up in 1970, it was Louis Tion Day Boswell that got hurt that allowed me to come up at okay. 19 years old, along with Jim Cott and Jim Perry. Jim Perry, 1970, won the Cy Young when he went. Those are some real 12. arms you're talking about there, man, across oh, the board. 
I tell you what, as a youngster that I was at that time, I look back and say, you know, I really learned a lot from watching these guys. They gave me the baton. You know, they gave me that. And then throughout my career, hopefully I had that baton and I could pass it on. And now having the opportunity in spring training, I still have that baton. I want to give it to these young kids to to realize that, you know, you can be better maybe than you think you are. It's just a power of positive thinking and going out and just doing what you, maybe the good Lord gave you the ability to do is throw a baseball. What was Tion like? Well, I remember him as the Red Sox and oh. the glove shaking. What was he like? Uh, he was outstanding. He was so loose. And, uh, you know, in 1970, I believe that's the only year I played with him. And uh, every time I saw Louie, and I still see him today, he comes down to Fort Myers where I live, and I'll see him from time to time, and he'll say, you took my job. I said, well, <laughs> maybe you gave me your job back then, but I think you did pretty good with the Boston Red Sox. He had a great career, really kind of a Hall of Fame career. I think 46 shutouts, oh. won almost 250 ball games. He was a great pitcher. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember watching like a replay of a World Series game he was pitching, and and, and they were ahead like, say, 6-2 to two in the sixth inning. The other team scored two runs, so 6-4. to four. Not even a thought of bringing it, taking him out. You know, it was like, he'll pitch through this, he'll get through it. it, it, it whereas, to, you, you know, right away, your first thought was, who's coming in from the bullpen? They let you pitch through some situations, didn't they? Well, that's how you made you made yourself a better pitcher, by pitching out of those situations. Never look back into, you know, if you get deep into the ballgame, don't look at a bullpen. I mean, you're giving your manager that opportunity. You know, I know Tom Kelly has told me before, he hated coming out and talking to me. Because I would, you know, I was drooling at the mouth saying, leave me alone, I'm okay. What are you doing out here? You know, go back and sit down and relax, watch the game. But, you know, that's the way it was back then. It's a little different now. For sure. Last question. Now, you're instructing, is Rod Carew down there yet? or? I believe he's on his way along with Tony Oliva. Yep. And I think Michael Kadire is going to join us. I think LaTroy Hawkins. So. What's nice about it, and I thank the Minnesota Twins for giving the opportunity to, to be part of their spring training, and I think Rod and Tony, I can speak for them, it's nice to be around these young kids that have so much desire and ability, and you just, as veterans, we try to put our little two cents in to hopefully make them a little bit better to get them to that level of hopefully getting in the postseason. And by the way, you guys have a lot of fun while you do that as well. I mean, the, you have the, to. the, the banter goes right back to the dugout with you and Rod Kadire and those guys, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. You I, I won't share time. any of it, but it's good banter. Yes, it is. Yes, right. it is. You know, Rod hit a thousand off me, and I, I he's <laughs> over 20 in my mind off. Of, off of. <laughs> Bert, appreciate it very much. I'll be down there next week. Look, you're going to be instructed next week? Yes, I will. I'll be here uh, all the way through till April 5th. I appreciate that, Mikey. Thank you. Awesome. I'll see you down there, but thank you so much. Always fun to visit with you. Looking forward to seeing you. Hey, and believe me, we're so happy that baseball's back. Oh. And, uh, you know, baseball fans out there, hopefully the Twins could be very consistent this year. That's what we're pulling for. For sure. Burt Blylevin, the Hall of Famer, nice enough to join us on Sports to the Max on News Talk 830 WCCO. Who would I go after if I was the Minnesota Twins right now? I'll tell you when we come back. The name of the game is to get a truck that you can be proud of. Now, you say, well, how do I get a truck that I can be proud of? You you create your own truck. That's how you say, what are you talking about, Max? You need to create your own truck. 
you can do that. The Ram Truck Month at Dodger Burnsville is on. So instead of going to some other dealer and picking through the leftovers, you can, ready for this? Custom build the truck of your dreams at the King of Ram. I said that. Choose your own trim, color, equipment, and tech. Personally customize your new truck exactly the way you want it. Right now during Ram Truck Month, lease a 2022 Ram 1500 Bighorn Quad Cab for only $449 a month. Are you kidding me? Or lease a 2022 Ram 1500 Laramie Crew Cab for $499 a month. You got to be kidding me. Need service? Get into the express lane at Dodge of Burnsville. Service manager Mike Neeson and his crew will take care of you, get you in and out, and do it quickly. Nobody moves more Ram trucks than Dodge of Burnsville. That's why they are the king of Ram. So get out there and custom build the truck of your dreams at Dodge of Burnsville right off of 35W and Cliff Road in Burnsville. Are always online at kingofram.com. They honored him a few weeks ago at the uh, Timberwolves game against Houston. And people said, ooh, no, they weren't booing. It was poo for Poo Richardson. He joins us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline as we talk Timberwolves basketball. What was it like for you? you you've been back several times, but to be honored at halftime, Poo, it was kind of fun to see you out there. Oh, man, it was great to be there for sure, man. It uh, bring back some really good memories. It was fun. I yeah. had a chance to catch up with some old friends. And talk a little, man. It was it was really great. I love it. Who was your favorite teammate that you played with in that first year? Oh man, um, I think I had a few. Uh, Doug West, yeah. Which because uh, we, we came we came in together. Yep. And, you're the uh, second round pick. You're the first say, round uh, pick. Yep. And and uh, uh, I enjoyed being around Tony Campbell, and I also enjoyed being around Sam Mitchell. Yeah. Was Sam a leader on that team right away or not necessarily? Well, not necessarily, but, you know, he worked his way into that because, you know, we, uh, as you know, we had Tyrone Corbin as well, who's yeah. a veteran in the league, has some, uh, has, uh, some stints with, with some, with the Phoenix Suns at the time. So he, he, um, he was pretty much the guy who kind of had more experience than everyone on the team. Sidney Lowe was on that team too. Uh, you were the, the, uh, uh, first-round pick that, that that people paid to see, as they say, but you two seem to have a pretty good relationship. Yeah, Sid, Sid was really good. Sid, you know, Sid, he's he's a he's a, a coach that's that's yeah. wearing a jersey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he was uh, he was he's just a coach who wore a jersey. You know, you know those guys who just you know know the game inside out, but uh, you know may not have the the athletic ability to do some things, but know the game. So that, that was it. He knew the game. Did you think about going into coaching? You've done a lot of instruction and work with. Did you ever think about uh, riding that NBA carousel as a coach? No, no. You know, I always like to deal with people. I don't think when you're coaching, you you don't get a chance to deal with the fans hands on. And uh, as I as I've been looking at the the NBA the way it's structured now, you know, you hardly have any fan participation or player participation with the fans. No interaction. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's the uh, it's the new social media, yeah. phones, computers. I don't know what it is, but guys just don't take the time to to uh, indulge with the fans, and that's that's what I love. You know, I'm more or less like a PR person. I love to to be around the fans and and talk about you know the organization and what. What's the, what's the upcoming plan and stuff like that where, where people get a chance to kind of know you. 
for sure. Pooh Richardson is our guest. Carl Anthony Towns scored 60 last night. You've watched this young man uh, for a long time now. Uh, you've been out here. You've watched his games on TV. You've got to know him. W- what do you see? What's different about him this year than years past? I just think that uh, the leadership quality, the fact that it matter he's taking on uh, responsibility and accountability to go out and be the guy every night. You know, he might not. He gonna ha- he's not going to have 60 every night, but he will give you that effort trying to get that. You know, whatever he has to do to win. And that's one thing that, uh, you know, that young man is special. And not, not only because he's a special basketball player, he's just a special kid. And he, he loves the game. He, he loves Minnesota. And he's just a good kid. I had a chance to really spend some time with him when I was there last time. And he, he, really, he really loves being there. Well, you know, what is it, Pooh, where a guy, you know, he kind of hits a button like this year where he goes, okay, I, I've accepted the fact that I am the star of this team and I want the ball all the time. We'd seen that in spurts before, but never consistently like we have this year. What do you think, what clicked with him where, it, where it's like a realization that this team goes where I go? That It looks like he accepted that responsibility. What happens when a guy gets there? How does he get there? Well, you normally get there with the trust of the organization, the trust of the coaching staff, and the trust of your teammates. When your teammates are saying, hey, you know, this is what we need from you. When the organization and and the coaching staff say, this is what we need from you. If you don't do this, there's no way we can even have a chance to do what we try and accomplish. And normally that, that makes a guy work harder and also gives him that love you know, that comfort level, that know that he got people around him that supports him on the good days and on the bad days. So you're going to have more good days than bad. And I think he's feeling that wave right now where he just, he just, he's, he's honed in. Uh, the city engulfed him, put their arms around him. And I think that he feels, he feels the love and he goes out every night proving it. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's a point guard. You're a point guard, and uh, he's been pretty good this year. He's missed, you know, he misses some games here and there, uh, but he is um, pretty talented. Can you can you explain him to me? Some nights I'm going, I don't understand how he gets open uh, when he doesn't look, you know, like he's all that quick or fast. But he just, he finds ways, that, and all of a sudden he's got open looks. Uh, who is D'Angelo Russell, and, and, and how do you rank his game? Oh, well, I love his game. I, I had the chance to pl- uh, watch him play uh, in the early years in the AAU when he's, when he's playing against my son. He really? For, you remember that? Team out of Florida. Yeah, he played for the team out of Florida called Each One Teach One, um, which I think Doc Rivers had something to do with that team a lot. Him and the kid, uh, Joe Barry, was in the backcourt. Uh, first first of all, he's I think he's a legitimate, what, 6'6", six, six, maybe? Yeah, 6'5", six, 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 right around there, yeah. Six, six. Yeah, so he's about that. Uh, he also left-handed. What I thought that every time a left-hander has an ability to have an advantage, because you don't see too many of them, and the fact that he's crafty around the basket, and he's just one of those guys where you say, you know, I'm gonna I'm give him the shot and put my hand up, then he just makes the shot. Yeah. So it's kind of he's kind of, and then at the end of it, he has 20 points, 14 assists, and eight rebounds. And you're like, wow, this guy like had a great game. And you just don't see it because it's just so it's not loud. It's only loud when he when he when he goes on a four or five, six bucket score. Yeah. Makes it makes it loud. But normally he he, he picks and chooses. I think he do a great job at picking and choosing 
when to score and when to pass. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. He's not loud the way he does it, but he does it. Anthony Edwards, maybe for the first time this year, maybe last year some, uh, he found that you know the NBA is a tough league when you're scouted and you can't just go to the basket when you want. Uh, what a, you know, Obviously, he's a great player, but what adjustments does a kid like that have to make when he gets to that, that, that point where he goes, oh, my God, they've figured some things out about me and I can't just go when I want to go? Well, the key is always going to be the jump shot. Uh, I don't care what you do, who, who scouts you, and whoever does whatever. It doesn't matter. If if you can shoot the ball from the three into point to the mid range with his athleticism, it's going to open up everything. Then the game's going to get way easier for him. So scouting, what makes special players, and he is one, and he has the potential to be an all star. But what what makes players is not you're being scouted against. You know, all the great players have been scouted against and still be able to, uh, still able to go out and do what they're supposed to do or go out and have success. Uh, being as the number one person being scouted, and you still get it done. One of the key things is you have to have fundamental strengths. And one of them is being able to shoot the basketball consistently, especially with his athleticism, will allow him to get to the basket at will if he's able to hit that mid range to three point shot. Do you think he can right now, or is he still a work in progress? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, I don't think the confidence of shooting uh, jump shots is something that you know you can get during the year, but you can get better at it. And 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 we all watch Dwayne Wade do the same thing because he reminds me so much of Dwayne Wade. Um, it's, it's it's you you watch guys get better at it as time go on because you know these athletes on this level is tremendous, and they're doing it at six ten, six eleven. <laughs> That's right, they are. Now, you're out there in L.A., and the Lakers are in town here tomorrow. What the heck has happened with the Lakers? The names look the same, but the results don't. What are we seeing out there? Well, based on watching and, 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 and observing from uh, afar, it, it looks like, you know, honestly, it looks like that the locker room has been lost by the coach. Mm-hmm. Um it looks like that there's the effort is is I would say at best minimum. Uh, I don't see the sight the excitement about playing. You know, it just when you play this game, you got to play it with passion. You got to be excited about going out every night. You know, and that's one of the things I always had a, a, a we had debates. Me and a few friends who've been around this game. You know, when these guys start talking about low management, which yeah. I never understood that yeah. because I, I used to be in trouble for wanting to play too much. Uh-huh. I used to be in trouble because I didn't want to come out the game. I was called selfish and didn't want to, no, whatever. I loved the game so much. I wanted to be out there every second I could because I'd have made sure I was in shape enough to play full a full game, a full year, 82 games, and give me all the minutes that you could possibly give me. Now they have load management and all these other things, and I and I think it really takes the zest out of guys' hunger to go out there and play. Yeah, they're almost thinking about it too much, aren't they? I think so. I, yeah. I just think that you know, but 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 man, I, I look at this man, you know, and I'm, I'm sure everybody has different opinions. I don't need load management when I'm at the peak of a profession that I always dreamed to be a part of. Yeah, I want every second, every minute that I can possibly receive. 
Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's just me. And I think the guys I've played against, they talk the same way. Yeah. Now, now you um, obviously played for a lot of different coaches, including Musselman, but uh, Billy McKinney was the general manager when you were here. Did, the last time I saw, is he like a mayor somewhere out in uh, Michigan or something? I, I heard he was. I haven't talked to uh, Billy in a, in a while. Uh, I'm sure he's doing a great job, but you know that's that's something I wouldn't want. You know, to be a politician is tough, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. they say I have those skills, but I don't know about that. Yeah, I, yeah, but Billy, you know, he, he would he would have jumped right in. How are things in LA right now overall? Does it feel good? You know, we've kind of opened up a little bit here in Minnesota with the uh, mask mandated stuff. How does it feel in LA right now? Um, is uh, you know, there's. The the, man, the mass mandate here has been lifted, but you know it's been lifted for a while. You know, uh, different counties we we are broken down in different counties, and different counties have uh, different rules. L.A. County a little bit more strict because you have um, more people. Um, I live in the in the, the Palm Springs area, yeah, which is uh, like the area of Bermuda Dunes, which is Riverside County, and we don't have much of a mandate because we have more space. Sure. Is more rural, is you know more golf courses and stuff like that, and you're not really in the city environment. Yeah, how do they keep those courses so green in the desert? Uh, plenty of water, man. <laughs> they plenty find it, huh? <laughs> plenty of water, man. <laughs> well, Pooh, we appreciate it very much. Good to see you when you were in town a couple of weeks ago, and I, I look forward to seeing you again. Hopefully, uh, maybe in the playoffs, huh? Yeah, Matt. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I I've been you know talking to the organization, so I'm gonna be coming back out again, and uh, you know checking things out. Hopefully, I'll catch a uh, summer training camp and whatever the guys play. I don't know if they're gonna play in this uh, up in Vegas or I think they have it in Utah still, or something yeah. like that. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna check the guys out throughout the summer and and uh, you know stick my head in there. Sounds good. Hey, Pooh, thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you again soon. But thanks for giving us some time and insight. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you guys, man. Go Wolves. You bet. Pooh Richardson, always a fun visit. Uh, he played the game for a long time. It was different then. It was different back when they when they started here, and he was the first first-round pick of the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's hard to explain unless you lived it. I'll try to explain when we come back. This is Sports to the Max and WCCO. Vanderbilt about to close out Belmont in the NIT first round. In OT, 82-71. to 71. Oklahoma beat Missouri State. Lucas Patterson's son plays uh, Brooklyn Center kid. Uh, Lakai plays for that uh, uh, for the the uh, Missouri State team. Obviously, the big brackets start on uh, well the playing games tomorrow, but Thursday it all starts for real. I like Wisconsin to go a little ways. I think they got a little something, something. Um, the Big Ten had three players, first team All American by the Associated Press. Uh, Davis, Murray, and Cockburn from uh, Illinois. That's an that's an unbelievable number. Uh, I guess I haven't watched a lot of the other basketball conferences, and, and really don't because uh, college basketball has lost a lot of its zest, except for the brackets. I think people get excited a little bit during the conference tournaments because it leads into the NCAA tournament, uh, but it's it's not what it once was for sure. And I, I know that because I look at the ratings that we get at Channel Four. Uh, but also because you're seeing now more regionals played at uh, 18,000 seats arena when it used to be a must 
that you played at uh, at the big stadiums. The the th- this is the one place that some of the greatest basketball memories in the world have occurred uh, in Minnesota basketball were at the Metrodome. Think about that. You don't think about that, do you? The Williams Arena, Target Center, etc. At the Metrodome was the first year of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and it was on fire. They set the NBA attendance record. People were there. It was chic. They had the expansion draft. They got Rick Mahorn, remember? He said, I'm not playing with them. Then they went and beat Philadelphia in the first round. I remember being out there and interviewing Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. and I mean, they all came through town. Uh, Charles Barkley, it was something. It was a showstopper out there. And then, and then the way the Metrodome facilitated the NCAA, not just the Final Fours, but what I liked better were the regions when you get eight teams there, the opening round. I thought that it was the best. Like this week, if you got eight teams at your site, the first year they had that, I think it was 86, maybe 87. I was an intern or thereabouts. And uh, to see USC and Notre Dame and North Carolina State with Jim Belvano as the head coach. Uh, Cleveland State, I believe, was here at the time. Um, there, were some, there were some upsets in there, too. I'd have to look back. Iowa was here. Um, but uh, B.J. Armstrong, you know, he was he was on that team. I remember him, and I remember Jim Belvano on the sidelines, and he had Charles Shackelford, and he's just screaming at him, Shack, 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 you've got to do this, you've got to get your body behind him, and, and you sense that that had been the kind of the tutoring or the tutorial throughout the year. But Belvano was such he had won the NCAA a few years prior, of course, and it, it was it was really cool. And uh, of all the events that um, I've had a chance to cover in this state, I guess, not just me and for many of you that you attended, um, I guess I don't think of it as as kind of a separate category, but basketball at the Metrodome, and i.e. you could slash and say uh, uh, U.S. Bank Stadium with the Final Four a few years ago as well because it's the same general feel. Really some fun times and some fun moments and some fun uh, get-togethers, but that first year that they came in here and all these cities and these campuses, you know, whoever you were from showed up. You know, NC State, the Notre Dame, Michigan was here with the, with the judge and the general. Uh, all those people and the coaches and all that, that was as good as it gets, man. That was some real deal basketball back then. And it was kind of our reintroduction uh, into the great game that it is. When we come back, how would you like this? How would you, how would you feel if you're the head coach of a college baseball team and you're going down to play in a tournament in Arizona? Except that they cancel the flight on you. You got 31 guys, and now that by the time they rebook you, the tournament's going to be halfway over, so you got to cancel your trip. How would you feel? What would you do? We'll ask a guy that that happened to, coaches an area college team, when we come back on Sports to the Max. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mm 